promote thermogenesis, but if you resist it, they promote insulin sensitivity. Now, when I read that ad, like I said, some research articles, if you resist, if you resist it's insulin sensitivity you're promoting. If you are shivering, it's thermogenesis you're promoting. So like it would is fat cells make hormones. Right. So then if that's the case, if brown fat cells are there, they make different kinds of hormones. If it's white fat adipose tissue that's inflamed, then you think they make inflammatory hormones. So the whole theory is a cold or hot therapy is implemented. And you say cold therapy has to be there because I know cold therapy does one thing, sir. It's anti-inflammatory. Mm. So if you surround that around inflamed fat cells, even whether it's breast tissue or visceral fat, that person is naturally going to promote, uh, promote what? It's going to promote anti-inflammatory responses. Mm -hmm. right? And so if you do that in short bursts, go back to what you were saying, cold therapy will increase dopamine, endorphins. Uh, like norepinephrine and Keflon, it's like, you feel incredible afterwards. Now for some people, it might not be great because it's too much. Well, well, I know that for women, there's, it's probably based on your cycle as well. At certain points, it's not, you know, Krista talks about this. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know exactly when that is. So when you talk about for some people, it wouldn't be beneficial, like cold therapy or a higher stress response, who would be the ideal or person the ideal person? Oh, not ideal. Yeah. So. Honestly, I think goes back to what you were saying about the Raynards. Yeah. Uh, like based on the restriction of the fingers. If you're already dealing with that right now, you have chronic inflammation. So yeah. If you go and like stick your hand in that, it's probably not what you want. You want heat in that, that, that man. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're trying to do vasodilation. But the cold adaption of it is that you would be able to tolerate that in the future because eventually it doesn't burn as much. And that means you have better circulation going through those capillaries and those vessels in your fingers. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to note too. It's like, you know, all over Instagram and all over social media, it's kind of like, hey, start doing cold therapy. Well, like you were saying, for some people, it's just not beneficial. So you'd have to tiptoe your way into it. So then it is beneficial for you and you are getting all of those. Right. But I also don't think that it's, well, I also think that even if you were a person that you're not going to benefit so much from it, you can still go try it once. Nothing. You could try it once. You're not going to get hurt or anything like that. Yes, but. But you're going to figure out, like, yeah, this is not for me. But I do women say, yeah, like plunges. So you see people who do extreme measurements. It's like if you see someone post on a, you know, a gym post, like, that says, like, well, I'm going to do like 300 pounds of a deadlift. And like, well, I'm probably not going to go do that. That's extreme, yeah. right? But people don't know any better because they're like, why well, won't this is the new thing? It tells me to get healthy. So I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do keto. I'm supposed to fast. I'm supposed to track my shit. You know, like all these things that happen. It's so overwhelming it's, for the general population. Yeah. But everyone knows about this now, right? Mm -hmm. Most people have Apple watches. Yeah. Uh, I see more mainstream whoops and auras now that people know. Oh, I just, I'm ordering the aura. Like, yeah. How to get that now? Like, oh, cool. So you're tracking your sleep. Right. And so then we said, okay, if you didn't have any wearable devices, mm. if you didn't have any lights, how could you determine your overall health? Yeah. How does your body function? Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you all think? Go back to, I, this is, yeah, this is very good. Um, because this is kind of where I go back to when I, I talk to so many, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and then my friends just kind of know me as the wellness person, but more like general wellness. And I always come back to really basic principles of how does, how should my body be functioning? As a female, we have, a cyclical thing that we can be tracking, you know? Um, and so that's a very good indicator of where your health is at. There's other factors involved. Obviously I'm talking generalities, but then just going back to the evolution of how does your body move? What time, 
what makes sense of when I should be waking up and feeling alert the morning? You know, when the sun's coming up, when should I be feeling tired when the sun's going down? Um, you know, just thinking very logically, which we don't do enough of because there's so much we're being blasted with, like so many ways that we can track things that you get hyper focused on. Well, what do I need to be doing? It's like, just take a step back and think what makes logical sense here and how should our body be functioning if it were optimally healthy? Yeah. And in an evolutionary standpoint, exactly. And then for me, when I talk to my clients, I ask a host of questions like, Hey, how's your skin? Yeah. If you're rashing out in certain places, then we can address other diet or something like that. Or do you have constipation, diarrhea, bloody, like all of these things that for some reason people are starting to overwrite in their mind as normal, but they're not normal because like you were saying, let's go back to how, I don't know, I hate saying how you should feel, but essentially like how you should feel. What is normal? Shouldn't you how you want to feel? How you want to feel? Yeah. Do you have energy? Do you have brain fog? Are you normal with your bowel movements, all that kind of stuff. Well, let me ask you this. How do people normally feel? Like the typical person right. walk around, how, what do they feel on a typical day? Imagine? Oh gosh. I mean, I feel like what's normal nowadays is not how you should feel. Normal nowadays is like every day around two to 3 PM. I'm getting really tired. So I need my second cup of coffee. Not saying I don't ever feel that way, but yeah. I'm perfect. So mm-hmm. we're human. Yeah. But that's, but that's the fear of imagings. That's the diet. So how do you get people to say, that this isn't, I should, yeah. So so then let's ask the question this. Uh, We talked about the athlete, you know, the one Uh person in the gym, high energy. Are we supposed to be high energy throughout the day? No. No, I think even keeled maybe. What's even keel look like? Even keel energy. Well, what are you talking about? Because uh, when you think about, there's times that you're more productive, like mental. Right. To be productive. I know that for me, like between 11 and three, I get so much shit. Yeah, that's so interesting. Everybody is different. Men, you know how like how women are on a 28 to 32 day cycle. Men are on a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. So so the fact that from 11 to 3 every single day. Oh, I'm like, that's the most, I'm not answering any calls because I know I'm going to get a lot of shit. Right. And all the fairness, what are you doing from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m.? Sure. What what are you doing? I have a three hour ritual, but. What is? I need to know. But what's the gear toward? What's the intention of it? Giving myself my me time. That's just all parasympathetic. I starts off his whole day in parasympathetic mode, which is opposite of the typical person walking around today. 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. is what for most people? The start of the day. Wake up, go out. Right. So just even wake up and just say, I'm going to sit there for an hour and not do anything. Besides, just trying to lately. Is that what you mean? That's forty-five. Interested, but he's not really doing nothing. I mean, he's thinking, he's meditating. So, as journaling, I should, I should rephrase that. Waking up and then sitting still. Yeah, we were having this conversation in the car when I was like, I had the option to do my devotion or to work out yesterday morning, and I was like, I'm going to do a devotion today because I know it's going to serve my body way more. Now, had like if you go back to the podcast that we first did, I would say I wake up. I work out every day. You know, I do this, I do that because that's how my body looks the best, feels the best all this way. It's transitional. I think every... What's, it's almost like that idea of like sharpening the axe. Yes. Right, like I'm, I'm planning out my day. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not going to get out of my... Huh. I like that. And yeah. I'm not going to get out of my house until like all these things are done. And when I went to rush today was one of those. I still took at least one minute of each thing. Mm-hmm. Of my... Yeah. Well, 
reflected on this, the end of the day, I look at routine as you have a book in morning and, and routine, and that's your time. Like that is your time because you really are tending to your needs, right? You're brushing your teeth, you're showering, mm, yeah. you know, whatever you're doing. So at the end of the night, I always ask people, what are you doing about an hour before you go to bed? Maybe people say, oh, I'm laughing, I'm, I'm calm, I'm relaxing. What are you doing? Oh, I'm moving around, picking things up. I'm trying, you know, doing this. I'm turning this off. I'm like, so you're not, you're stimulated. What do you think about books that are like self-help books at night? Do you feel like it's better to do fiction books? They can Yeah, I would probably say self-help. I would say self-help because rather than fiction, because then your anticipation and your anxiety and then you like, you that because imagine that's the case, but some people say, Oh, I agreed to fall asleep. Yeah, my nighttime books are like stoicism or philosophy. Yeah, okay. very clear. Like, I like how they're not and I'm doing, yeah, and I'm doing legs up the wall. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Like a red light on my face, and I'm like, up the wall. And then my red light last, I actually had the blue light setting that I feel like in the morning would be so good because blue lights are so good. And sometimes the fun is in the morning. Or you can just know you're that's good. Like, 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 that's artificial light until I get sunlight. So if I get up earlier, wear time's really tough. Yeah. Right. So I imagine, okay, if I'm down regulating in the morning, the last thing I want to do is overstimulate myself to begin the day, right? Because I'm thinking about my nervous system, right? And then at the end of the day, the down regulation is people say, okay, I'm done with all my emails. I'm done with all my stuff on TV. I'm done with whatever, blah, blah, time for bed. Yeah. And then they expect to just hop into bed and be efficient enough to be like, I can fall asleep in five minutes. What's wrong with me? I, yeah. I can't fall asleep in five minutes. And that's all we were talking about when I was giving your shoes, asking me if my phone's on. So I didn't move the whole time. like 8 p.m. last night. Do not disturb. 8 a.m. this morning. Do not disturb. And I was like, do you just live your life on do not disturb? People look sick. It's nice. One of the things people set up meetings now, right? Yeah. Then And then if. And then if the meaning's not, if they, then they usually don't say, well, because think about this, we concise and precise is a new term we're using. And so I said, all right, someone comes up to you and says, I want to pick your brain. I got a question for you, blah, blah, blah. Right? Especially with us and all of us. Nowadays, that means a lot. That means our, our Latin even almost, right? And if it's a bumbling kind of thing, like, tell me what it is. Oh, well, I just, I'm not really sure. Time out already. You don't know what you're asking. Yeah. I don't have time for this. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. I, this is literally the conversation we're having in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, bad. And like people will email or text and like, hey, can we get a meeting so that we can, you know, talk about some like, an idea I have? And I'm like, just tough flip the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but here I can start. But here's the thing your mindset is different because some people want to present, right? And I think that's the case. They want to formulate their thoughts. When they're actually even talking about initially to someone, the initiation of like saying, I have an idea I want to share with you means that you are now reaching out to someone to say, I want your approval for something that I'm kind of insecure about, mm -hmm. right? Can I get your wisdom and knowledge and unbiased opinion? And can you be gentle about it? It's I'm a soul. The thing is, I think I would be more of that if I could just see and then like think about it and then reply with like, here's all my thoughts. And 
That's going into the way that different people receive information. Also something we've been talking about. Some people need it. Give it to me right here or tell me right away. And some people need to hatch it out and show you, like really bring you into the experience. I want to tell you about this. and I want you to see my site. Okay. So that brings me a point. Y'all do with a lot of uh, female clients. How'd you guys meet? Oh, great question. Good story. You tell me. It's a great story. Yeah, because I want to give the listeners a context. We do, I guess. I saw you get out of the trunk. I mean, I've only, that's the only time I've seen y'all's interaction, and it's awesome. Yeah. We're in complete opposites, which makes us a good team. It's true. It's true. Um, So, Megan and I, gosh, we, the reason I, I need to back up. <laughs> I, my background is in accounting. So I w- I'm a CPA. Uh, I worked for a big four firm. I moved into industry accounting. That has been the majority of my work life. However, that is the logical side of my brain that thought I need to graduate college with a practical degree and I don't regret it. There's, I learned a lot and I'm using it for our business. No, <laughs> but just to give you the background on where I was, um, I always have been interested in health and nutrition, just like general wellness and um, have spent a lot of time on that myself. And so I knew I, eventually I wanted to move into this. So basically I was looking for any avenue that I could get out of accounting and into the wellness world. And for Megan, <laughs> um, my dad has owns a, a large company in San Antonio or a variety of companies portfolio. And Megan was working with those companies as their wellness coach. And so one day my dad was like, this might be a nice transition for you. Why don't you move into corporate wellness and then you can, you know, branch out from there. And so I basically just started stalking Megan and <laughs> set up a call with her and we talked and was like, okay, I'm just going to keep, you know, pursuing Megan. So I check in with her every couple months and yada, yada. And she's like, who is this girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, I didn't know this, but she was building what is now Generate Wellness. It was previously Pivot Health Coaching. And um, so her and her business partner were getting things ramped up. So I just thought, well, maybe I can do some intern work for them or whatever. So it turned out just the way things were that her business partner was pregnant and she decided this isn't for me right now. Um, so Megan needed someone else. And so yeah. I had been... Um, I'm spiritual, so I've been praying so much, you know, like, God, please show me a way that I can enter the wellness world and, like, make an impact in that way. Your timing's perfect. And Megan had also been praying for a business partner. She called me out of the blue one afternoon. I literally had another, um, my final interview for a different job. I just knew I wanted to get out of accounting. It was more of a consulting role, more people-oriented. And I had my final interview the next day. Megan called me. I was on a walk. I'll never forget it. And she's like, I know this is so random, but do you want, like, my business partner is not going to be able to do the same word. Do you want to join? I can't pay you anything, but you want to just help me start this thing. I was like, I really have an idea and a website. <laughs> well, all three things have completely changed since back entered the link. I was like, I mean, I, at that point, it's a living thing. Yeah, yeah. Just need the idea and motivated people. And 
the rest. I mean, you guys started in a broom closet. You know what? Yeah, I love that. So if you have the right mindset of like, we'll figure it out, which I could see in Megan. So I knew that she'd be a great partner. Um, and she has the background in wellness and I have a background in the corporate world. So like, this seems like a great team to me. Yeah. And it has been so far. I mean, like. But since we have been so prayerful about it, I feel like everything just, we're, we're shocked on a daily basis. We're like, really? <laughs> and we just take the next step forward. Thanks, it's great. Yeah. So, so that's how we're doing the story. <laughs> so awesome. Divide and revenge. Yes. <laughs> that's how it worked with us. Thanks for you know what it was, is it was, the wide reaching down. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the same thing. It's like I have an idea. And I don't know. What Wait, how did you know about bald? Oh, we oh, we met, we know that we're best friends to call. Okay. Yeah. You know, saying if you're brothers, we're back Got it. to college. Backstory is we thought we were going to own a bar. Okay. Uh, I used to drink a lot. And I was like, this program, I'm always at a bar. I never knew, right? Like, you like to be at a bar too. And you're social. We are just like social chair back at college, of course, right? So yeah. I, we were back to the bar. Drink at all. Like, we don't drink at all. <laughs> so that's the problem. It's like, we couldn't love the bar, but I wanted to work with my best friend. And I was like, well, the bar would be the, the best thing. <laughs> and so, yeah. I, um, like I said, I stopped drinking at this point. And then like 2014, I had like a nervous breakdown because I'm so stressed and, you know, doing everything I should, making money, started family, bought a house, got married. Wow. And, yeah. and I was miserable, like miserable, really miserable. I didn't join my job. I'm talking to Paul that he's traveling the world. He's coming back. He's like, I'm not feeling it either, man. Like I need a challenge. It's not working for me. He's in Houston. And I went to like, it was 2016. I went to San Diego, found out this idea. And I was like, okay, I'm come back. I'm going to pitch it to him. So same thing. And you know, we always go to ACL Festival. And so uh, we always hang out at the black poles and always talk. Anything. It's almost like, like, so tell me where you're at. Like, where have you gone? Like, blah, blah, blah. He's traveling the world. Like, it's, it's your man, right? If so, I'm here, the family guy. And I'm like, dude, I am like so depressed. I just, I can yeah, tell you, like, what's going on with me? Where are you at? He's like, me too, man. I just, I need to, I need to change. And I said, well, I got this idea. Uh, it's never really been done before, <laughs> but I think you could pull it off. And so, yeah, I kind of explained it to him. And he's like, yeah, this actually sounds really cool. Let me, uh, go back to you soon and see, you know, you think about it some more. And he said, yeah, he calls back and said, yeah, let's do it. So he leaves Houston and comes here and, you know, we started off from the ground up. And the cool thing about when you have an idea is that it always can change, right? right. What you have to have is like the foundation of what the original premise you know, of the working relationship was. Like, I'm sure y'all discussed, like, if we're going to work together, here's some guidelines, here's some things that I do and all that. So we had that and we hashed it out as best friends and say like, all right, you know, how's this going to be with our relationship? You know, like, how are we going to take orders from each other? How are we going to listen to each other? Like, we don't really fight. So it's like, that's, <laughs> you know, but it's more like, how are we going to take direction from one another? And so what was really interesting is we use it as a way to grow on it, not as each other, like individuals. So at the time, with the fact that we were both kind of lost, you know, I don't think a successful person can really be truly lost internally and, and really, you know, be truly happy and, and thrive. So we were just like, well, we have to fix this. So we start working on each other. Like I said, the yoga thing, he introduced me to yoga. When we first started, the, the plan was that we would go downtown. I'd go to the YMCA and go work out. He'd go to Wonderlust. And he would go network to all the yogis in town, tell them about three B12 shots, five and Tell them about it. Yeah. And it's so like, he got a black suit and he had some yoga thing. Like, he, yeah. You want a B12 shot? Do you have an advisor? Yeah. It's not in. Now it was our cash. 
And it, it, it works so much. <laughs> so, so people work every day and like, we're like, this is going to work. Like people like us and they feel good off vitamins and all this. So it's like, it's working. So we kept shifting them on. And so you remember the menu that was up there at the yeah. time, like the one that was painted? That's long gone. And that's changed so much. The services we had. Were you different? That one three times. Yeah, we, we painted at least several times yeah. over. And so what was interesting was sometimes we even make up deals on the spot and ideas on the spot. Like, well, has anyone ever done this and combined this? Like, no, but if you do it today, you know, we'll knock off a hundred bucks. Like, done. Just do it. And so what was fascinating was this is the cool part about an awesome relationship is that you're in the infancy stage, right? Because y'all been, what, one or two years? Yeah, and the yeah, I would say a year in formation. Uh, we're officially uh, an LLC as of January. So it's a beautiful year. I'll kind of lay into what's going to happen. The first year, you're, you are so uh, enthusiastic. Uh-huh. And what happens oh, is the enthusiastic will never take away. <laughs> and what happens is you realize it is like a project it rather than work. And so you're always like looking, what else can I be doing? And what else can I work? So me and him, I never had to tell him to work. In fact, he's the hardest worker I know. Yeah. You know this too. So I knew he was working all hours. That meant I need to be working at all hours. Yeah. Right? Got He's pushing. So then it's like, okay, what did you come up with? Well, I came with this. So another thing we did, we had weekly meetings, like a non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? Every Sunday night we'd have a meet and we were off and, and we would just play. What can, how can we do this? And the great thing is we never said no in those meetings. We never set a limit on any idea we had, no matter how crazy it was. Well, I don't understand. Why don't we do this? Because Belda's mind is there's no limits. Yeah. Then that's how his mind. That's how you build a big business. Right. So when you realize like. But also you're very action oriented. Like you always come up with a plan behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, so you talk about. Which means it's all yeah. systems for me. Yeah. I'm going to bring words. Yeah. I'm going to get there. for so that's, you know, so I'm saying, I'm showing it's like this. Okay. So yep. The idea person goes to the person who could make the systems work. Uh-huh. I said, I've had these ideas. The thing is the systems person, if they're also innovative, mm-hmm. then you have ideas that have never been heard of before. So it's like, you're literally inventing things in real time, which is probably how y'all experience your conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid to run with it because the thing is you could have that dream as big as you want. The thing is you have to say, well, what's. If we have to go back to what our foundation was, what we started, we always know that our corporate model, our wellness model is Baba AYZ, mm-hmm. right? And so then we always said that ours was education and helping others grow. Yeah. Okay. And so every business system went back to that. Everything we added went back to that. And it didn't hit both of them. We said no. And at the time when you need business, I mean, y'all are probably different than us right now. We needed business. Yeah. You know, I had a kid on the way, a second one on the way, like Buckle Ball over here. I'm like, dude. You, we got to pay you, right? We like, we got to pay you and I got to pay myself. You know, how are we going to make this work? When you have that mentality that it's just going to happen, that was the hardest thing you want. <laughs> that it's just going to happen. Imagine if you, you were reliant on this salary now. Yeah. And like completely. Yeah. There's no going back to saying, I'm going to go back. Can to be scary. It can be. It can, can be. But, but if, are y'all dealing with that right now? We've been pretty fortunate. <laughs> Right. So you're in different situations. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you don't have to worry about that. So you take that out of the equation for year one, which is perfect. Where are you at as far as your growth goes for y'all? Like the next couple of years, like what do y'all, what do y'all see? That? We already need to start making hires. I mean, year one already. Yeah. We're talking about it already. Which is just wild, but awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Really. 
really that's that's just that that's what that first person can do yeah co-coaching <laughs> or, or you know we may at some point like you said this, the the fun part about building your business is it can be constantly evolving and you know maybe at some point we talk about okay this person is specifically in charge of all content these people are dedicated coaches and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I'll tell you back. So you remember when we first started? What's funny about it is that I turned that into another. Yeah, when we started the podcast, you saw it. And like I said, the first two were me and Baldo, and then Allison, who we brought on as an intern from UT, okay, and turned her into a, an employee basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said, okay, this podcast thing is fun. We should do more of this. And then he's like, well, we don't. You need an Instagram account. And I was like, well, I don't want to do it. He goes, well, I'll do it. So then that, all day long, he's doing posts and he's doing stuff to build up the business. That was our new form of marketing, introducing them to the healthcare realm. Healthcare doesn't market by social media back in 2004, 2005, 2009. Yeah. I had not taught that in school. Yeah. I'm taught to go pass out business cards and go door to door and ask for referrals from right. doctor's offices. You know this too, because you don't like to go to doctor's office. Sale. So, you would never go back to that shit again and that mentality and that setup because it's an old model. Right. And you're like, there's no way I would do that. In today's model, you're all online, mm-hmm. right? But you were planned for that beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so interesting that you did that with social media. So for us, when we think about like what growth looks like, it's hard to set a limit because they feel like our plan is so clear cut. But like you were saying, the reason why our, I guess, our company is different than others is because we are innovative, where a lot of health coaching companies, so to speak, that are going into organizations right now are kind of just like, hey, how can we lower blood pressure? Or how can we help you with type 2 diabetes? Or what doctor can we refer you to? We're focused on preventative stuff. Obviously, y'all know how my heart and my mind. Yep. So we're going in there doing like quarterly testing with vibrant wellness and stuff like that, where we offer these tests that a lot of companies and organizations aren't doing. So we're focused on like, okay, gut health or sleep, or how can we track your whoop and, you know, aura ring and stuff like that to our systems and that we or our coaches can look and say, well, you probably could manage your stress a little bit better. Yeah. And how do we do that? Yeah. How do they do that? Under the action item instead of, yeah. um, instead of reactive we're trying to help people be proactive with their which is stuff that y'all know and but there's so many people that just don't have the time for it mm-hmm. right right but your structure and your organized wellness program yeah is is at least the messaging they're not hearing that right right well we talked about the education of like how soon you need to hear this message but right but i've got the point organized wellness mm-hmm. right is what y'all want to call it i think that's better than corporate wellness yeah mm-hmm. corporate wellness is automatically organized for some extent, but you're organizing a wellness program that meets the corporate needs. Yes. And that's what makes our company so special and unique is we're customizing to what we think this particular population will hear because you can't apply anything if you're not receiving it. Um, and also like, what, what are they asking for? What do they truly need? Or, you know, it's, it's just a fun model, especially coming from a corporate background where I saw such a stringent here is the platform. Here is your check the box, what you need to do. And that's it. There's no excitement around wellness. There's no um, initiative to just be well. It was like, okay, let me get these four controls under uh, like in line and then I'll get my premium and we're good to go for the year. Yeah. So 
yeah, that we're able to to be able to customize and just be so much more collaborative with the company and and be relational. Right. Yeah. And and the Megas background for people who haven't heard of your podcast, <laughs> you should go listen. Uh, uh, you have a big background in lab testing, uh-huh. right? Like you've had it for many years, as, as long as I've known, right? Yeah. As we've known you, right? So yeah. what what does Blungwork mean to you and your mm-hmm. business? So for me, and this is a big part of how we're different, is I feel like it is so important to know your body. That's always mean that it's spot on, right? Because a lot of times what happens is people think that they have to experience extreme symptoms in order to recognize that their body is not functioning at their best. When you have that knowledge, like, okay, well, um, for instance, I did, I had the levels for a little while. Do you guys know what? Well, it wasn't levels, but it was a different frame, but similar to that. So I was able to track my blood sugar on my phone, realizing what goes up and what goes down, and then how my concentration changed based on where my blood sugar was. So backing up a little bit more, and I'm more personal note, I have PCOS, which means I'm very, my insulin levels skyrocket every time I take, you know, at any time, well, I'm getting to into the week. Essentially... I don't do well with carbohydrates. I know this because of the blood testing that I've done. I know this because of a lot of the tests that I run on myself. And so I feel like I've been able to live my life and customize a lifestyle essentially based on the knowledge that I have on my body. When it goes back to Lyme disease and ketogenic, which is what that, that podcast was about, sure, it didn't help my hormones too much. However, it was very therapeutic or Lyme disease, and I would never have known that had I not have had all that testing to back that up. So that being said, what does it mean to me? What does blood testing mean to me? I think it's very important for your own personal knowledge. It doesn't mean it's everything because before this podcast started, we were kind of talking about like, if you run my labs, everything's going to light up like a Christmas tree because it's not going to look pretty sometimes. However, what it goes down to is the lifestyle that you build around it. So how can you create a lifestyle that supports what's going on in the body? And so that's where I feel labs. <laughs> what do they validate what you're doing? The labs? Yeah. I think. Um, Are they measures? It makes your job easier. Be, oh, do they do sent me there? Does, does it help you know what's going on with the person? Does it help yeah. change what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like. Let's just say you run some labs and someone is, so I hate talking about medication because that's different for everybody, but let's just say someone's so depressed and anxious and they're not sleeping very much and their energy levels are just skewed throughout the day. Their cortisol levels are skyrocketed at night, really low in the morning. Everything's just wrong. Um, And now I'm coming back to why is their anxiety and depression so prevalent? Well, let's look at their labs. Let's see what nutrients are low. And maybe they're just so low in vitamin D and vitamin B, but they're taking a vitamin B supplement. Okay, well, maybe it's a methylation problem. Maybe it's, they have the MTHF or yeah, they kind of narrows your focus. Yeah, it, it, because it makes easy shifts. Very simple. Hey, why don't you take some vitamin D or why don't you go outside for X amount of minutes a day and see what changes? How does their productivity level change based on these small vitamins or IVs that we add to your regimen? Right. And I also think it's a really powerful visual tool for people, like going back to the way people receive information too. 
and feeling empowered and saying like, I have these labs that literally show me the levels in my body and I can change. Yeah. And then to come back and see a result, you know, people like trackers and certain types of people like, oh, I can literally see, even if they'd be able to feel it, it's still fun to be able to see like, oh, I did that. And then it's like, boom, there's your dopamine or your reward of, I want to do that again. Or like, what else can I optimize? Yeah. Become this fun game. (laughs) And it, you know, a lot of people in the corporate world are like that. Like they want measurables. They want to work towards these numbers that we're going to get. Showing praise that my investment is pain. Yeah. Because the thing about it, like MTHFR gene that I talked about, like the majority of people in the world have that SNP, right? Like we're, there is, or at least a huge percentage. A large percentage, yeah. And, and one of them, at least. And so even if you didn't have it, it would still be better if you did methylating vitamins. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you can t- say that to people all day long, and they don't listen unless you're like, look, you have the fucking snip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're really tired. Yeah. You're depressed. Like, let me show you that that's what you can do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but it's like, you could have done it even if you didn't know that because it's going yeah. to benefit you anyways. But now that you see it and I'm telling you, you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to have to do that. Right. Yeah. We use labs. I'm not sure about some of the older ones you used to use, but ours are color coordinated. And then the Rangers. That's the best. Green, yellow, and red. Yeah. That's how right. it is. Yeah. So then you showed them, you're in the red. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Whatever that means is that's bad. That's bad. I don't want to be red. I want to be green. How do I get to green? Yeah. That's what my people say, right? So then I said, now I got your attention. Mm-hmm. The geeks will love the data because, like, oh, what does 30 mean? I want to get to 60. And, like, yeah, like in range. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just like, what the dependent immune says is a biometric. And so you say, I can do a comparative. Right. So you check the labs and you show that client and you're like, look what you've done in six months. Look what you've done with your blood sugar. Look what you've done with your inflammation markers. You're getting better. And they say, well, I'm improving. Yeah, you're improving. How do you feel? Now, from that standpoint, we've discussed this. How do you improve optimization? What does it look like? I think that's for everybody. What do you think it looks like? I, I haven't got to say, I want to do what it looks like in y'all's realm. Optimization. We, um, I think. We are having this conversation with one of our uh, clients that we work yep. with where they're just like, okay, well, we're going to come up with some measurables. Yep. But we don't put those are yet. We're like, okay, well, we're going to collide. Okay. Oh, right now. I'm like, I'm good. Okay. So optimization for an employee. Uh-huh. <laughs> this employee as an employer, what do you want to have this employee? A lot of to be productive. <laughs> you want them to be, you want them to be engaged with their work because that is, those two are tied. The more engaged you are with your company and your your culture and your work, you're going to be productive. You're going to show up for your job. That's the first thing. Yeah. So I think that's like number one measurable is how do I feel like my company values me and my wellness? And how does that show up in the way that I perform at work? Beautiful. Same thing. And the employer is how can I support my employees? So precisely, like, are they? Yeah, are they? Do employers really want an employee's health to be better, or do they just want more out of the employee? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Here. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Bottom line. What, what is the bottom? Line? What takes the bottom line? One productivity, which is higher profits. Yep. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're here to make me more money. You're here to make everyone. 
sometimes that's why it's like if I can spend this much on their health, it's gonna right. Turnover, turnover too, right? It costs an average employer around three to forty thousand dollars just in training, onboarding, yep. new supplies yep. to hire a new employee. And when you have employees that are engaged, that they're happy, that their health is well, then all of a sudden, less cigarette. Yeah, and you're also increasing the bottom line because you're not having that high turnover. So it's something to that, like, yeah, the quarterly testing is great for that person, but also it gives them incentive to want to stay longer because they're like, oh, I wonder where this is going and all that kind of thing. So we'll be, be more profitable doesn't always mean more revenue. It also means increased costs. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. you don't got that single one, right? Because if you're making healthy, then you're obviously reducing costs being having to spend on things like medication or doctors. Being right. Healthy. So if you yeah. want to look at measurables that way too, it's like, okay, are we lowering the cost of insurance claims per year? Are we lowering, you know, the number of times people are even going into the doctor yeah. and sure you'll have catastrophic things happen, but it's just sick. Yeah, yeah, but it will be, but, but the employer is going to say, if I send my employee to Dr. A, it costs me $30,000 every time I send someone over there. If I send them it's to Maryland insurance and make it, it winds up saving me $20,000 over the year. If I pay 10,000 upfront into it, yeah. that's how they're going to look at it. Yep. And then you come back and say to the client and you say, look, we're getting you more energy. Mm-hmm. That's what they really wanted. You go to the employer and you say, we're getting you higher productivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win. There's no losing here. I have a question for you. What's your, once you start working with your client, what's your favorite thing that they say about working? Like an individual one-on-one client or a corporate client? Oh, just go with one of one of each. Yeah. Oh, to this equally. And then which compares when I feel like someone receives value from any piece of advice, whether that means like they come back and they say this worked and they say, I've never heard that before. Thanks for trying. I, that's why I do. I'm like, yeah. that's fascinating. I'm like, it is. And, but I think the second thing would be when I hear that someone has actually implemented something, that means that I was able to communicate. And I... Yeah, for me, that's a huge part of something that I really dig into is habit formation. And you can't, it's, you have to have both, right? You have to have the knowledge in the background. But if you take the knowledge and it can't be applied or someone can't hear it, that it's lost. Right. Lost. And I think communication is a great word because it's reciprocation. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. It's like, I sent something out. It was received and it was understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And the way that you could even emphasize it is we like to do this. Uh, Tell someone else what I just told you. Mm, yeah. You know what? I think my favorite thing to hear from my clients are, because I've had probably like four clients now do this, is when they say, I'm going to become a health coach. Oh, so, I mean, like, so it makes me want to cry because not only did I make an impact on this one person, but they're making an impact on whichever route that they're going to go on, you know, hundreds of people, hopefully, you know. Yeah, I'm going to buy right yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're talking about the app. We're talking about the app. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
And he said, um, knowledge breeds passion and passion breeds conviction. So that communication piece of not like giving someone the knowledge that they need to be passionate about their own health makes them convicted to not only change their own life and their health, but also other people's lives as well, because you are just convicted on this topic. Right. On this right. Yeah. I love how you brought that up. So uh, your consults throughout the years, when you're delivering the review of the labs with the client, has that changed as far as what the message you're delivering? How so? Can you? So, for example, when you look at labs, uh-huh. if you've studied that same panel, mm-hmm. same type of thing for seven, eight years, yeah. does your view on that panel change over the years? It actually done it. It does change. It, well, okay. So I don't know if my view on the panel changes, but more so the way that I handle a panel, for instance. For a lot of times, I would look at the individual marker yeah. and try to adjust that marker. But now that I've been working longer in my industry, and in this field, I'm able to see trends that, oh, this worker lights up along with this one, this one, this one, this one. It doesn't necessarily mean that this nutrient is low. It just means that there is a XYZ trend in the body or a certain like autoimmune issue. So something of a sort. So there's trends and there's patterns. Like it was answers. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not as concerned about that panel sometimes as yeah, exactly. It could be like very red in certain areas. And I'm like, don't worry about this. Yeah, there's like uncertain gut tests. I remember if it's um if it's one of the panels that y'all run too, but you know what I'm talking about. Where I say like red in the autism spectrum in the yeah. autism section and stuff like that, a lot of gut test events. And you have to like forewarn your client, be like, look, yeah. I promise you that was not to you have all the time words that you're autistic or whatever. It's just. It brings some good point. I'm so it's the kind of say, but it's in the Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so it breaks some of your point. We talked about mm-hmm. this. So optimized ranges and normal ranges. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason I like, we like talking to you is because the idea is that you have optimized ranges. Yeah. You're not going to settle for the idea that like these ranges aren't just the standard. Right. We get all our clients to be in the standard ranges because everyone wants to be standard and normal. <laughs> Let's get thyroid just in lunch. Let's get vitamin D just in rage. And now you're normalizing. Good job. And you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be exhausted. You're like, and but you're in the rain. But you're in the rain. I'm green. <laughs> I'm green. I'm not because the range for vitamin D is like 30 to 100. Yeah. So if you're at 30 and you're green, 29, you're red. So I'm like one point difference. And I'm like, well, I don't feel different. I'm like, yeah, it's you're still deficient. Yeah. Right. That's what I look at. And so when you talk and explain to people, your presentation about how you deliver has changed because your view on the bot and how mm-hmm. it functions has changed. Yeah. I know. That's really what it comes out. Or holistic. But then it's even more fine tuned, more concise, right? So you mentioned keto before. Keto opened the door for you to a whole another way to view food. Yeah. Right. That's really what it did. And how many times did you change your diet? Well, there. <laughs> All the time. But, yeah, we basically changed it by Same. Yeah, so seasonal. Right. So, did you all hate on keto all the time? And, like, yes, it, like I said, it probably didn't do the best on my hormones. However, it is such a therapeutic diet that I really feel like it will always serve a group. Always. Yeah. Well, I'm not keto usually during the winter. Oh, I'm, yeah. I actually had some keto in all the time. My, uh-huh. I know some of you have lost weight. On keto diet, because what it does is it teaches you to be selective about what you put 
on your plate. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and hold following time. any diet. Yeah. Hey, look, that's all we're going to Do you guys coach fasting at all? Like, extend We're both cringing a little bit. I do. I do. I do coach fasting. You just, I very, I'm very selective with the people sure. that can do it. And even with myself, I spent, I mean, when I lived in Austin, I do like a 24 hour fast on occasion and then like lived my life pretty much 16 hour fasting every day. Not a big deal. But then now I am experiencing during all fatigue. I can't really do that. It's not the best for my body from what I'm realizing right now. Doesn't mean I don't always, I pretty much every day will like have at 12 hours. Yep. Like that's my minimum. But after that, I'm kind of just like, okay, my adrenal is a little bit more cushioning right now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yep. The Baldo is master. Master. I learned that. That's when that's the fast and then it's for Master fast. That's brilliant. Yeah, sure. That's brilliant. Yeah, and he, just, he broke a fast last night because we went to Kirby Lane. Yeah. Really? <laughs> on Kirby. I was on good board, but. Dice four, a thousand seed. Oh, really? Then I'm going to go six. Ben's What was Ben? Not a bank. God, Kirby, you just sponsor us. And 190 episodes, I swear, dude, they've been on this like 80 times. No, I swear. I say, you guys are always. I always hit first. Why is it without They would do anything we ask them. They'll change it any way we want. One time I brought my own um, avocado one and I said, Can you cook with this? And I'm like, Now we're watching. Yeah. This podcast is only my story. God bless, dude. I swing. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, it's not the greatest for you. Yeah. I'm like, it's but anyway, I've been to break in six day fast, which is like his quarterly fast. So explain why you do like a six day yeah, fast. Yeah, I wanna hear that. So the first time I found out about fasting or extended fasting was because my uh, it was me. You're deep. Vanessa <laughs> the meniscus, yes. I had torn my meniscus doing yoga. Yeah. And uh, I went down the rabbit hole of how could I avoid surgery? How could like what can I do? Like people have healed themselves without surgery. So I went down Back yeah. and I just keep coming up with uh past uh, yeah. uh what is it like uh visualizations and stuff like that meditation but but the fasting part uh just came down to the idea yeah. that when you're fasting past you know autophagy and all that mm-hmm. and you uh regenerate uh, stem cells at certain points so I'm like there's a nice little window of usually between like day three and five and six where you're you're eating yourself, eating bad tissue, but your body's smart enough to eat like the bad tissue first, where right? like we're not gonna eat this anyways. But it's also regenerating stem cells, so you're regenerate, regenerating new tissue. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first idea. So yeah, I did wonders for my knee. And then at some point I just created a pro- protocol to do it every season. So it's about every three months or so. And and that's just to reset my gut for the season, for for whatever the foods. And so then my my vibes usually change. Okay. Uh, and, and so, which is, yeah, which is why you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Get this. He broke his fast on the seasonal menu last night. Why he break it with the seasonal menu? Because that's what I want to be eating. Yeah. But why seasonal food? Mm. Yeah, because it's authentic. Yeah. I, I, love, I love, I love eating with the season. I mean, that's, a, it's appropriate, right? It's kind of getting back to evolution and how the body should be. What's with natural and growing? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not. And we're talking about thousands of years. That's the only thing you could have eaten for a longer time. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So then your body's used to. Well, and that's when probably it's most nutrient dense and whatever. Yes. It's when you're growing it because, I mean, now you've got things like, um, you know, yeah. greenhouses. Yeah. And, and places where you can grow all of your ground. And right. So there's that argument too. But they have to fortify a lot of that. Right. The soil makes a big difference. But think about it. Wintertime, things that can grow are like green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a lot of. By avocados, you're not getting fruit, vegetables. Yeah, like they're, you're not getting them because they're not growing right now. Yeah. And they spray farms and soil to make it grow year round because why? We love avocado toast. We don't know the idea that we can get strawberries anytime we want. And if you and, and if you are getting avocados this time, they're probably coming not locally. Oh, hell no. Coming from yeah. And so they already went through this whole trip and, you know, yeah. knows what's. <laughs> What's happened? It, right. Wait, I got to know what you got. And I was so off topic, but I got to know what you guys think about the carnivore diet. Uh, from a blood test standpoint, blood work? Yeah. What do you think? They have to eat the organ meat, though. Yeah, they got They, got they have to. Yeah. But I will say this. I'm going to what you'll say about this. It is the, <laughs> it is the best testing diet that we've tested out of all the diets in, out there. No, I know. And it's so bizarre. Right. But, but also yeah. the people that are strictly carnivore are also usually eating pretty clean meat. Like, you're, yeah, I'm not emphasize that. That's the point. We're not getting McDonald's works that are just eating like McDonald's. It's not channel with cheese, right? Like it's not what doing. So that aspect is kind of like, so don't think if you're listening to somebody, not just like eggs and all that, like it's got chicken. It is the unregenerative, it's regenerative agriculture food at its best. Or it's farmers markets or butcher stuff that you're eating the carb and you're getting the liver and you know what the animal ate because if the animal ate McDonald's the whole time, you would not eat that liver because all of it's stuffed in the liver. So then the food has to be good, the soil has to be good, they can't be stressed. Mm-hmm. And people do nose to tail with yeah. carnivore diets. So they say, like, for example, uh menudo is a big thing in Mexican culture. I'm sure mm. I all the time. Yeah. What is it? Veep it. Okay. It's intestines. And the mm-hmm. big spheres is intestines. And, and like testicles are so, yeah. so good for you too. I can't. Can they raise your testosterone if you? I don't know. I think they might. They probably can. I think this can be. Hormone replacement therapy is what? Yeah, you're yeah. right. So they, they have to. I just. Why not? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's so interesting. Because if they're supplementing the liver. <laughs> let me ask you this. Have you ever seen someone's liver in time to get better by them just eating liver organ? Yes. Yeah. What would every nutrients make up the, that area that you're eating? It's going to have a lot. Adaptogens. Yeah. And you're probably um, the same type of nutrients that make up that part of your body. Too. Mm-hmm. So, so the carnivore diet is great for blood, but it's also really good for healing digestive issues yep. as well. And I think a lot of it is because it's, I mean, yes, it takes longer to break down, but at the same time, you're stripping out all of those plant fibers and all that kind of stuff that can oftentimes cause gut disruption. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say something controversial, and I love it. So <laughs> if you were to go on an anti-inflammatory protocol, like yeah. a FOD diet, something like, Low that, like something yeah. like that, right? Uh, a gut-friendly diet protocol. If you're open to eating meat, I'd say, bring as meat possible and eat the organ meat, and you will stomp out the fire. Yeah. Like, literally. And I cannot say yeah. that big it is. I know. And I cannot say that about veganism. I agree. And the thing is, it's funny because all of us are very plant-based here. Yeah. So like- I have long plants. Like, it's all good. And it's good. Like, let's be real. When it comes down to it, 
from the earth. Yeah. It's it's natural, right? Like, so then I say then what's incredible about it is why is a tomato bad for the gut? Why is it inflammatory to some people, right? Mm. It's like the peanut. So then I have all these theories about like the processed foods that can go in our body and our bodies with an MTHFR factor, mm-hmm. a poor liver on yeah. top of that, torn up leaky gut. We don't absorb our foods. They're not nut- nutrient dense and we have our time processing them and storing them. Yeah. Right. So then I look at them and I say, well, yeah, I really care about this food so much that if I am suffering from my health because of what I'm putting in my body, I can't handle it. That is about eight to 10 people, eight out of 10 people that come in here. Yeah have suffered to a certain extent from the food they've eaten throughout the years. Yeah. And so then I say, well, how do you stomp out inflammation? You cut off whatever you're putting into your body that's causing the issue. So then it goes right back to diet. So would you be able to do, I feel like y'all don't really have a strong attachment to food, obviously, fast or sick. <laughs> would y'all be able to do a full carbon carnivore diet just like on the inventory? Like, like, leave the words in case we're going to die. I'd say I'm to, though. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. The honest truth is I love vegetables and fruits. I love avocados. I mean, I like sardines, but I don't want to eat them every single day. Like, that's... I feel like life is too short to be only... Oh, my God. So, I'll tell you something. Baldo is one of the best flash chefs I've ever made. Uh-huh. He made, really? to this day, the coolest sauce I've ever had. A gut-friendly one. Really? No nightshades, and it was spicy. Wait, you keep talking about this, and I meant to ask you to make me. <laughs> yeah, is that on the market? <laughs> it should be. We're, it's if we sold it here, we no must sell it here. Like I said, we just do shit out there. We, like, Master Caster sells something. It takes a while to okay. And the food sensitivity, say so almonds and tomatoes were no now. Great. So I'm like, all right, so what do I do? I removed from my diet, my stomach started like, like going down. It's getting flatter. Uh-huh. It was like, I didn't think I had gut issues. I have inflammation. Tomatoes tear me up. Think about all the acid reflux and people with heartburn and all that stuff. Pizza, pasta, salsa, whatever, right? So I said, I'm going to count tomatoes. Oh, my God. I can't put salsa on my aim. I get about, you know, I was like, oh, my God. It's so sad. Where's my salt tea? It said, yeah, it is sad, right? Austin, huh. Texas, everything's so sad. Like, yeah. So we're going to Kirby Lane and we're not even eating salsa anymore. I'm like, God bless. Well, I'm going to make you some. And so he did. It took him three hours to make this salsa. And it was delicious. When you're gonna try, I really gotta try. And they that starting something like twenty bucks of thing. People are buying. He goes through. It took me three hours. I can't just give this away. I said, no, sell that people will buy it. Yeah, twelve dollars, fifteen. But people were buying it. A crate. They still ask about it actually sometimes. Yeah. And so it kind of goes back to he made it because it was out of love. But he was like, I want you to be able to have your salsa. And if no one else is gonna make you, keep buying. There's a restaurant going to. Oh yeah. So I love chocolate. Uh, <laughs> he made a chocolate mousse and it was uh cacao, coconut, oil. Oh, I was missing, missing the sweet. Yeah. Cacao, so the cow's bitter. It, it is. Yeah, straight cacao. And we, we kind of have adjusted and saving to straight cacao, but most people it's not. Yeah. So, but he made that. And I was like, this is incredible. This, I, I wouldn't have been able to come up with this. Like, okay, so we're going to have a culinary. Yeah. I love to cook. So we also just talking about. So we could. I mentioned I wanted to do like prescription, like uh-huh. meals. Yeah, I like would, that would be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been to a lot of places that kind of try that, but it's. We could do events. <laughs> Your ID's done. It's and let's just pop this podcast here. So it slowed mine down. And you are slowing it down. <laughs> so you could speed yours up if you want to. Not that. Megan Wabi. 
right. Yeah. So for the listeners at home, they have two IV bags in their arms, one in each arm. Well, they're not getting two bags each, they need one bag. They have a bag. First record. Yeah, we have first record. We still haven't done that. No, like one each. One each arm. And well, then we have two shopping as well. And each cheap. Oh, we do ozone here too now. You do ozone? Oh my God. That was the biggest needle mover for Lyme disease for me. And ozone? I used to do, yeah. So they would take my blood. I did a 10 pass quite briefly. I think I did 10 times where they take your blood out. They ozonate it mm-hmm. and then put it back yep. into your system. I'll actually now we'll inject ozone, which is yep. yeah, what y'all do, which is incredible. I mean, I'm just <laughs> Besides those, it would be good for Lyme and like autoimmune disorders and the gym, like yeah, I'm little infections. And, and uh-huh. the other thing is we've been injecting in someone's knuckle for uh, calcification, like arthritis. This old, this older individual, this is the case study, um, for people who can't see, they can't, he couldn't make up a fist. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, uh-huh. so like the knuckle here is all calcified, right? So all he could do is like this. So we were doing the ozone and just injecting it directly into the knuckle. And he's now able to do this after, I think it was four sessions, yeah. four or five. And all we're doing is just injecting. And you can see the ozone going in and he's like, wow. And so he, we're just going to keep doing it. And now, you know, we're going to see the range of motion coming. Back. I don't know if it's disintegrating the calcification. I don't, I can't tell you, I don't know, but all I know is working. Yeah. You know, so you talk about where we're at now. When you first saw us in the bird closet, <laughs> doing shots and IVs of blood work. Oh, we're now doing ozone. We're doing exosomes. We're doing. I, I actually don't know what. Exercise. Oh, stem cells. Oh, you guys are doing stem. Cells. Oh yeah. So we have uh, supplement stem cells. They're like adaptogens. Okay. And then we also have exosomes that you can do IV. Oh my gosh, that is. Yeah. And then, and then we, well, we do the Wadi brain scan. So we do a uh, brain scan just the way like a neurologist would do. Yeah. And then we do tons of PRP. Okay. For the knees, joints, they knock it out. Yeah. And then yeah. facial slits. Like, great. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's a whole okay. thing since you've last kind of seen us that we've added. And that's going to be the future of the clinic. The vitamin and nutrition, it's all comprehensive, right? Because like what you said, it's like, it's almost like our introduction now is like, you come in, you do this one thing, and then we see where you need to be at, customized, like you said. And then there's the protocol going forward. So like, we have a lot of people that are like, I want to do this forever. Yeah. What do I need to do? Money's not an issue. I need to. Yeah. 